Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. This is episode 44, and boy, do we have a doozy for you. But first, let me, of course, introduce my main man, Taylor. Taylor, what's going on, buddy? We really need to start like recording what we talk about before the show. Because we really do. Man, it was, uh, it was a hell of a thing. That's all I'm going to say about it. It was a hell of a thing. We, we spent like the past 35 minutes, like, preparing for the show <laughs> but i'm very excited to get into today's show we are jam-packed with gaming news headlined by one very interesting state of play that michael is going to have some opinions on i've already heard them <laughs> and definitely you, if you're listening to this you want to hear this rant that's coming because he's not too thrilled about something I will be a tad more professional about it. You know, I'm not going to go super crazy and, and on a tantrum. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we can just get into that. Let's see what's on the docket for today. Microsoft has made an agreement with Nintendo and NVIDIA's GeForce to bring Call of Duty to those platforms amidst Sony's concerns about the Microsoft Bethesda deal. Founder and CEO of Tango Gameworks, Shinji Mikami, is leaving the studio. Madden NFL 24 is reportedly a make-or-break year for the franchise. Konami is reportedly set to have a pretty big E3, according to VGC's Andy Robinson. And as for our main topic, Taylor, let's go ahead and talk about the state of play from Sony. And real quick, we want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit. And if any listeners want to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should always take any unofficial stories we cover with a grain of salt and treat them as unconfirmed rumors slash reports until they are officially said otherwise. And with that out of the way, let's get into our main topic. And really, it's two main topics today because we will be talking about the state of play. That's what we're going to kick off the show with. And then we're going to talk about some Mortal Kombat news which just broke at the time of this recording. Just hobbled together a quick blurb about it, so I cannot wait to talk about that. But first, we got to talk about this state of play from Sony. We're going to kind of play this how we played the Nintendo Direct a few weeks back, where we're not going to recap everything from the showcase. We're just going to go over a lot of the like major stuff, and then probably a, hey, is there anything else you want to talk about thing at the end of it. But kicking off the show, or ending the show, I'm sorry, was Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. It was the big headliner. We got about 15 minutes of gameplay for it. It revealed a bunch of stuff that I assume people are probably not enjoying too much, and that being the live service elements and the game requiring an online connection always. Um, so that's probably not going over very well. Uh, but we got a lot of gameplay for it. We got a lot of the flash of these characters, the way their abilities are going to work, how the traversal is. And it seems like the game is very traversal. It's very focused on always moving and, I guess, the characters' abilities and stuff like that. So, Michael, I'm going to just let you go off because if you listen to our Redfall episode, you know what Michael's going to talk about. He's going to talk about this online connection. So go ahead, go off, man, and then we'll talk about the game itself. We can have nice things, Taylor. We, I don't, I don't know why publishers keep doing this to us. We can have nice things. So, yeah, um, 
Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. It was one of the games I was hyped about. Um, that and Redfall. And like Redfall, uh, kill, the, kill the Justice League. I almost said kill the Suicide Squad because that's... <laughs> it killed Suicide Squad, killed the Justice League. That's it, not yeah, you know what? That's a good name for it. Kill the Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League. Uh, because this is complete nonsense. The game has announced, now off of their official Frequently Asked Questions uh, site, they put out there that the game will need an always online connection to play solo or co-op. And it doesn't support local co-op because you have to be online. And, you know, who cares about split-screen multiplayer anymore, right? I'm tired, Taylor. I'm tired. I'm tired of being hyped for games just for developers and publishers to just downright disappoint like this. Not only is this game always online connection, but it does have a battle pass. Now, they did make sure to mention that the Battle Pass is cosmetics only, but it just confirms that this game is a live service game. And we've just seen, what, between 8 to 12 live service games get shut down within the past month? Like, just this month alone, we saw a bunch of them go and get shut down. I don't care that they did the whole uh, looter-shooter hero thing to where each gear has numbers on them and each weapon does certain damages like okay whatever i don't care for that but whatever i don't like that they did that they're adding in the battle pass and it's going to be a live service and it's always online that's too many things that i don't like being put together for something that i want to like i don't understand why they keep thinking an always online connection is necessary for these kind of things because it's not not everybody in america has great internet connection and wb damn sure doesn't have the best webs uh, has the best uh servers in the world their stuff goes down often like far too much i don't get why they think that these are the kind of things that players want you can do the online player thing and have it uh, always online because you know it's a multiplayer thing okay fine whatever that makes sense but if you designed it and they the developers themselves mentioned that they made the game to where you can play solo or co-op with one buddy or co-op with two buddies or co-op with three buddies it's been designed for one, two, four, quite literally, so you can play by yourself. Why in the world do I need an always online connection if I am playing solo? That's the thing that got me. Sorry to interrupt your rant here. No, but go ahead. As somebody who said weeks ago about Redfall, like I don't have a strong opinion about this. The thing that I do think is incredibly stupid about it is, like Redfall, they mentioned you can just play this game solo. If this was a game such as Destiny, right? I get why Destiny needs an always online connection. It's a game that's predicated on you being in their servers and playing with other players and all that stuff. But for you to have this story that it's you say multiple times, you can play it solo. And with Redfall, they said you can play it solo. You shouldn't need to be logged into their servers just to play that campaign. Maybe to like sync up the save you would need to log into the server so you can have your progress carry over to online. Sure. But for you to just play the game, you can't do that solo offline. It's just really stupid. Even as somebody who doesn't have the strongest opinion about it, like I still can look at that and go like, why? (laughs) Yeah, it makes no sense. It's just a way for them to control the game that you buy. And that's going to be an issue with this game. It's like once those servers eventually go down, uh, 
it's the, the game becomes unplayable. All the money and you, you set yourself there. up for that, by the way, because now do. it's going to be well. WB, your servers better not go down, because just wait till it goes down the first time. And said the same thing with uh, Arcane, right? That's what people are going with. Like, hey, it, once your servers go down, you're setting yourself up for all the shit talking you're going to get. It's so unnecessary. You could have just been like, hey, if you play solo, you can play offline, but you're going to have to connect online to sync up that save or something like that. I don't fucking know. I'm not a developer. I don't know fully how this works, but... I just think when you're going, everything you mentioned, right? Like, not everybody has a great online connection. And for you to play a solo game, you have to be online. Just a little ridiculous. And it's not necessarily to me, even the online connection. It's the server, more so. Because, like you said, WB Games doesn't have the best track record with online servers. And not many studios do have great records when it comes to their online uh, servers staying up. Hell, we're going to talk about EA later. EA has some of the worst <laughs> servers probably in gaming history. I'm pretty confident in saying that. I, I would <laughs> say Square. I would say Square Enix. It's probably they're in the top three. Yeah. And they're they're oh, both oh, yeah, not definitely. they're both not three. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, they're they're both pretty bad. Uh Emblem Studios, you know, they also had a pretty bad thing with their connection stuff. But that's back when I was playing stuff like um just cause you know uh, the last just cause had such a terrible server issue it was ridiculous which uh, which by the way is a square enix published game so you know well speaking of square enix it kind of gets me wanting to talk about the game itself because there's a lot of the gameplay elements and a lot of stuff that was shown that actually had me a little excited for the game because i was somebody who's been on record going like yeah i'm not into this like i don't like the concept of you going after the justice. I'm really just over evil DC heroes. I'm Not just, me. I'm over this. And as much as I love injustice, I'm just over this. Like we got to make Superman dark and gritty. We got to make everything evil and all that stuff. I just want to see my DC heroes actually well done on screen somewhere, whether that be a video game or a movie or a TV show. And it's so rare these days. It feels like you got Wonder Woman. Yeah, we got Wonder Woman, which, by the way, that was by far the best part about this footage to me, was because I was like, finally, there's somebody who's not a villain or a total dick, and it's Wonder Woman. Yes, she's on, she's trying to stop all this. Great. Yeah. Hopefully she doesn't get corrupted at the end or some shit. But uh, at the same time, with all that stuff, I was still kind of excited by some of the stuff I was seeing. I like how Killer uh, King Shark seemed like he was playing a little bit differently than a lot of the other characters. It did seem like everybody had their own things going on. I like how Boomerang had these like gauntlets that were tied to the Speed Force, and that was his oh, traversal. Yeah, the Speed Force gauntlet. Because yeah. at first I hated it. I was like, "What is this?" And then they explained it, and I was like, "Okay, that's pretty cool. I'll give you that." Yeah, you know, I always wondered what his powers were because I was like, I'm not too familiar with the DC universe, mm -hmm. but wasn't. Wasn't Boomerang thing like he was just like Hawkeye, who's just really good with the boomerangs. He's just a thief, and he was kind of like, and he was kind of lucky. I'm not the person to ask, but I think you're on the okay. right track about that. Um, but regardless, a lot of the character dynamics I think was pretty fun for the most part. I think the Metropolis that we got to see was interesting enough. It reminded me a little bit of like a 
Sunset Overdrive kind of feel. I'm comparing a lot of stuff to Sunset Overdrive these days. <laughs> but that's what it kind of reminded me of in a way. Um, Which I was super cool with because Sunset Overdrive yeah. was definitely one of my favorite Xbox games. That's not a, uh, yeah, that's not a complaint. That's a huge no, compliment. No, 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 it feels no, yeah, like I'm no, doing that more great. and more. I did that with Hi-Fi Rush as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which that's one of the things that we really later. liked about it, yeah. So uh, there are a lot of good stuff, but the one thing that I was I want to throw it to you too is the gear because we talked about it a lot. I talked about this with Redfall <laughs> about like, hey, when you yeah. make a game with gear, you can't just tack it on because it's going yep. to be really stupid and everybody's going to know it was just tacked on and it's going to be pointless and ruin your fucking game. We've seen it time and time again. And also with gear, something that I, I've said before you can't really do, look at Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, you want all your cosmetics and you want to be able to put that into a battle pass and you want to charge people for it, but you don't also want people to have whatever gear not matching. But at the same time, you mentioned numbers earlier in your rant, right? That's what the gear is going to look like, is a bunch of numbers and you're not going to be able to tell a fucking difference. That's what happens, I think, if you don't have the cosmetics of the gear shine through. You know what I mean? I, I Well, I think one thing when it comes to the cosmetics, at least, unlike with Avengers, at least they're allowing you to see um, your gear and that you can change up, you can change out the costume and still keep the numbers intact. Okay, so you can transmog it, but the gear is actually a thing that you will see on your character when you get it. That's yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. telling me. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I thought it was purely Marvel's Avengers. That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, no. That would have been fucking yeah, they, horrible. <laughs> yeah, they're going to, they're going a different route to where you can keep your numbers, but you can also change to an outfit that you really like. Uh, they showed one with Harley Quinn in her uh, Arkham getup. They showed uh, King Shark in a Superman outfit, which looks really cool. So yeah, they're, they're at least they're not making that mistake. They're actually letting you have fun with your costume and change up without actually you know, uh, ruining it by just saying, hey, this gauntlet is now plus five. It looks like the same gauntlet I had before. Well, no, it's a different name. Okay, but it looks the same. It doesn't matter. At least now with this one, it's, hey, you have this, uh, I don't know, you have this chest piece that does plus 10 defense. But it, but uh, instead of it just being numbers, it's, hey, you got plus 10 chess piece uh okay cool but i don't want king shark's arkham suit i want him to be in a superman suit okay go ahead you can keep your numbers which is pretty cool because now when you have a plus 10 defense it, it, it seems kind of cool because you're wearing a superman outfit so <laughs> so <laughs> you can kind of play around with that and i think that's kind of cool and neat yeah but uh it's just too bad it's gonna it looks like it's gonna be real grindy but they're also having like an arcadey kind of feel to it to where you don't have to just kill everything it really is just a beat em up but uh, a lot of the stuff that they were showing was some of the mini bosses you're going against have real uh, bullet spongy weak points to them that you have to 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 uh, attack. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know how I feel about that. But <laughs> uh, the other thing I was going to mention is with the gear, like either having the cosmetic aspect of it to where you get a piece of gear and you see the change in what your character looks like. I'm fine with it if that's how you, like, if what you said is how it is, like, you see a change and then you can just transmog it after the fact, cool with that. That's awesome. But I think you either have to have that or the gear that you get, you said plus 10 defense, right? 
you got to have yeah. what it says it does. You can see the fucking difference. Because in a lot of these games, you're just okay. seeing the numbers and you're like, I don't feel like my character's any different other than slightly more powerful. Yeah, I'm not seeing me creating a tank build for King Shark, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I think the gear has to do in this game is make the gear feel like it matters for you to get. And that's what I'm concerned about because before, what, a few months ago with the leaks for Suicide Squad Killer Justice League, I don't think anybody yeah. thought this was going to be a looter shooter kind of game. And there were some aspects of like all the characters are going to be able to use assault rifles, mini yeah. guns, handguns, SMGs. And I don't really care for that either because it seems like right. the characters that you're using that are so unique, you're then putting them into a, well, anybody can use the assault rifle. Anybody can use the pistol instead of King Shark can use the shotgun or the minigun and Harley can't use the minigun or Captain Boomerang can only use a handgun and SMG or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think they didn't go that route just so people can play the way they want, like run around with a meaning gun as Harley Quinn, causing chaos. Um, but it dilutes like, the characters. And yeah, no, I, 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 I get what you're saying, but I also think that's by design so when they do introduce newer characters, that they can keep that same gameplay, gameplay loop going on and just have like certain unique things to them, like their special abilities and their... Uh, and how they and how they able to maneuver around the world, so I think that was purposely on choice to make designing gameplay mechanics around other characters a little more simple for the developers. But that's just my guess. Yeah, I get you. And uh, I've already talked about my thoughts pretty extensively so far. I think it looks interesting, and I'm not really sure how I feel about the looter shooter aspect of it. And don't get me wrong, I'm somebody who's talked about many times. I love Destiny 2. I love The Division 2. Oh, yeah. I love you actually went back. You, you, you started going back to playing Destiny 2 again. Yep. I yeah. go back every few months and start playing Destiny 2 again. But I yeah. hate tacked on looter shooters that don't make an effort to yeah. build on. This is why the genre is stagnant to me. Why that looter shooter genre it has such a horrible reputation and why it feels so stagnant is because of games like Marvel's Avengers. It's because of games like yeah. Anthem that do not put in either, and this for a myriad of reasons, is most likely from leadership at the top and stuff not getting done and decisions not being made. So you just come in with this very bare bones end game system and the battle pass system. So I'm not solely blaming it on like, oh, it's because it, the effort putting in, that's the problem. It's not that necessarily. It's more so, like I mentioned, leadership at the top, the decisions that are being made. What is the end goal for our game? And the answer should not be, oh, just squeeze out every single cent. Because that fucking never works. It never works. It always leads to your game being shut down a few years later. And that's why I think games like Destiny have worked. The Destiny, yeah, they get money out of you. They do. But at the same time, they're giving people a lot of fucking content. They have plans for, hey, we're going to have this new seasonal event. We're going to have this new event. We're going to entice players to get our expansion by putting it on sale for like 20 or $30. Lightfall got a, what, a trailer today, I think. 
at the oh, yeah, State of the Play. Oh, yeah, comes out next week? Yeah, it comes out next week. I'm not going to get it next week, but what I am going to do <laughs> is a few months from now when it goes on sale for 30 bucks, I'm definitely going to get it because it looks cool as right, shit. Yeah. And I know I'm going to get a lot of content out of that that's worthwhile. And that's stuff that I think a game like Suicide Squad Killer Justice League, that's what you need to aspire to be. Do not be Marvel's Avengers that did not put out enough content and did not do a gear system correctly and did not do a battle pass correctly. Be more like Destiny 2. So I don't know why I went on that rant, but uh, talk about some of the other aspects about like what we saw in terms of actual gameplay, the story stuff. We got a look at Lex Luthor as well in this trailer that I did not know he was in the game. Same with Wonder Woman. I did. I knew she was in the game because it's Justice League, but I didn't know she was actually yeah. not corrupted. So, let me know what you thought of that. About that. Yeah, they had they had a couple of cool surprises. Uh, the mission that they showed for this time, it looked like it was part of the uh, the Flash uh, section that they keep showing off, uh, where you're still going after the Flash, but you find out that he has uh, Lex Luthor prisoner, and so you have to try to save Lex Luthor, who had his his green Iron Man-like super suit uh, get absolutely destroyed and bodied. So it looked fun. Okay, let's let's start off right now, okay? The gameplay looks exciting. Oh my goodness, I had so much fun watching this trailer because it looked great. Like, yeah, everybody's combat looks kind of samey, but I think I'm okay with that because with uh, everybody playing a different section, like... Uh, Deadshot being able to uh, use his jetpacks to fly around and snipe from the air to Harley Quinn hook shocking a little drone she has to like dive bomb into enemies. Uh, Boom, Captain Boomerang using the uh, Speed Force gauntlet to zip around and his uh, pinball master reference was fun. To King Shark being able to like he's swimming in the air, which <laughs> I thought was a funny little detail. Uh, and having him turning himself into like a cannonball and just crashing onto enemies on the ground. I think those small changes make every character feel, or at least look like they feel a little different. So the gameplay looks ace. That looks great, which makes this whole kerfarfle even more painful for me. Uh, I see what you're saying about the whole, uh, everybody gets to use all the weapons because they did show Harley Quinn using like a very tiny Gatling gun. And then they show King Shark with like a, with one that's very similar. Uh, they had, well, actually, they didn't show Deadshot using anything other than assault rifles and a sniper rifle. So maybe he has his own versions of guns that he uses compared to everybody else's since he's the one who used guns. I do like how every gun has like this, um, has a brand to it. It reminds me a bit of Borderlands. Yeah, whereas yeah, they they're have, based uh, on the villains and they have sets based on the villains. So there's a Bane yeah. set, there's a Luther Corp set, there was another one I forgot. I DCPD. assume there'd be an Argus set as well. What the heck? What the heck is Gotham City Police Department doing with mini guns? Hey man, Gotham's getting crazy. There's a. F- I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I get that, but man, when when they were listing all those guns, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then they said GCPD. It's like, oh, whoa, 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 hold up, who is that? GC, G, no, it can't be Gotham City. Please. <laughs> like they were going around with like grenade like, I played the Arkham Games. Stuff. This is set five years after it. <laughs> yeah, like after Arkham City, so it's like who's who's giving them mini guns? Like who's giving who's giving GCPD Gatling guns and shit? Or maybe it was just like they showed the Gatling gun at the time that they said it. I, I don't know, but it they said GCPD. So here's my thing. 
this game is set, they said this multiple times, five years after the events of Arkham Knight. Yes. Now, they've already explained the change with Floyd Lawton that the new Deadshot, I, I don't think they have like 100% confirmed it, but I believe they teased it on social media or something like that, that the Floyd Lawton and Suicide Squad killed the Justice League killed the one from Arkham City, and that one from Arkham City was an imposter. But uh, the thing that I'm very interested in is five years after the events of Arkham Knight, uh, if you played Arkham Knight, that game ends with a very interesting cliffhanger. Yeah, the uh, the protocol. Yeah, and we know Kevin Conroy. This is going to be what I assume is his final appearance, voicing Batman. So, for one, I'm very excited to hear Kevin Conroy's voice one last time, R.I.P. But I'm very interested to hear and see what became of the Batman after Arkham Knight. Are they going to go into explaining why he came back? What happened there? Where's the Bat family for all this? Because the Arkham franchise really dived into that from Nightwing to Batgirl to uh, Robin to Jason Todd and Red Hood. So what are they doing during all this? Because by you telling the audience, hey, this is set five years after the events of Arkham Knight. This is in that franchise. You're opening the door for me to ask these questions. Uh, If everything really is going to shit like the trailer shows, it could stand that the Bat family is still in Gotham while uh, Batman was helping the Justice League in Metropolis. Because this game takes place in Metropolis. Yeah, it could be Gotham's pretty much yeah going to shit as well because of yeah. everything going on in Metropolis. So maybe the Bat family is needed and that's the way they yeah, explain. Plus, like, plus Nightwing, Nightwing uh, he's he, he's located in Bloodhaven. So yeah. that could also be an issue. So it could be kind of spread thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. But I do think at least a one line is needed to be like, hey, here's what a Bat family is. Or at least something about what happened after Arkham Knight because of you telling the audience it was five years after. Yeah, it might be part of the DLC to where they start bringing in stuff like that, to where they mm-hmm. fill in the gap with the uh, Bat family, or maybe even Speedy. Because um, it is Justice League, you know, maybe, they, maybe they'll maybe they do a Young Justice kind of deal too. Maybe they're bringing Young Justice in there as well. Are we Teen getting Titans. Green Arrow? I didn't see Green Arrow. I didn't see him, no. We could be getting Red Arrow, Speedy, Arsenal, whichever alias you want to use. Zoom, Reverse Flash, you know. <laughs> ah, that'd be cool. I would love to see Reverse Flash and this just to talk shit to Barry, being like, uh, now who's the villain, Flash? Now who's the villain? Yeah. hope somebody got that reference. Yeah, um, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff they can do here. Uh, they can bring in Supergirl. They can... Uh... Yeah, they can do a lot. The Arkham franchise has done a really good job over the years, too, of like planning those Easter eggs to where... Yeah, there is a Justice League out there. Like, there's a Superman reference. I think there's a Flash reference. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh man, I, was, I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, I had to do with somebody else that they could have brought. Oh yeah, they brought they they brought back um Penguin. Couple yes. pods in here. So Toy we, Man. So Toy see. Man makes his fucking debut. Yeah, Toy Man and uh, and Gizmo. Gizmo also shows up. I'm way more so. excited for Toy Man. <laughs> so uh yeah they're, so they're bringing in not just the heroes but they're also bringing in villains that we haven't seen uh in video game actually. except for like, except for penguin penguin who's oh, he's yeah he's, he was, he was a big franchise. part of the arkham games yeah. yeah uh so you know it's, it's cool that they're bringing back some of those villains so you know we could see two-face catwoman you know some of the other arkham back. characters back 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my disappointment is this is uh, Suicide Squad Killer Justice League is no longer my anticipated game. They killed it for me. But yeah, uh, what's your final thoughts on this since you're not so hyped for Kill the Justice League? I'm still unsure, to be honest with you. I don't know if this is a game that I'm interested in getting. I don't know if this is a game that I would be more willing to play on something like Game Pass or PlayStation Plus. Or if this is something that's like, oh man, it's just going to be another Marvel's Avengers and it's not even worth my time. So I think this is one of those games where whenever it drops, I'm going to wait to see where everybody is going with it, what the talk around the game is. And if it's good, I might pick it up. If it's not, I might see what happens. But uh, I'm not totally out, but this did not convince me. All right, we got to move on to our other state of play games because, man, we're already 30, 40 minutes in this podcast and we only talked about one news story. <laughs> so we had some PSVR2 promotion with the Foglands, Green Hill VR, Synapse, and Journey to, oh, I'm sorry, Journey to Foundation and Before Your Eyes. We had a new look at Destiny 2 Lightfall. Tachia is coming to PS5 Plus Extra and Premium on day one. I believe that's also on March 21st. We had a PS Plus demo saying what's going to be coming to that service. Battlefield 2042, Minecraft Dungeons, and Code Vein were confirmed for that service. Tetris Effect developer Enhanced Games showed off a new look at humanity. This game was last seen in 2018, I think. Baldur's Gate gets a release date for consoles, August 31st, 2023. Online adventure Wayfinder from Airship Syndicate gets a new trailer and showcase. Street Fighter VI adds Cami, Lily, and Zangief to its roster. Sorry, I'm not a Street Fighter fan, so I'm sorry if I butchered any of those names. Uh, and Capcom drops a new trailer for the Resident Evil 4 remake. Michael I thought it was a pretty good showcase, all things considered. It wasn't overly long, showed off some pretty cool stuff. I was very excited by the PSVR 2 stuff they showed. I do love how PlayStation is continuing to not only show support for VR, but to me, at least being the front runners for consoles. And no, we need to do something with VR. This is an untapped market that we can make some really cool shit in. And I really dug everything that they showed off. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I actually wanted to skip a lot of the PSVR 2 stuff. I was really? like, Zangief. I wanted to because I don't have PSVR 2. Mm-hmm. I was like, well... You don't want to see all the cool stuff that you cannot play? That I can't play? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, yo, this is messed up, man. Uh, but I sat through and I watched uh, the VR 2 stuff. And I was like, yeah. The problem is... It's because the VR2 uh, apparently is so good that looking at the stuff isn't really that helpful. Like, the experience of having the VR headset and seeing it, that's what makes it special. And honestly, uh, after seeing uh, Horizon, I forgot what they called it. Uh, I, f- I forgot the Call name. Call of the see- Mountain? I think something like that. But yeah, after uh, after seeing what they were doing with the Horizon games, like, okay, that looks really cool. Everything else just seems kind of like standard VR stuff. It's like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Horizon stuff looks like standard VR stuff. But, you know, seeing it as a PS VR 2 thing, it looks like they're actually trying some cool stuff with it. Kind of like when uh, we first saw uh, Half-Life Alex, 
the way they were doing stuff looked really cool. I was like, okay, that's the kind of stuff I want with VR. That's the way Horizon looks to me. Uh, and all the other stuff is like, yeah, this is still coming to regular PSVR, right? Like the one I have. And it's like, oh, this stuff's for PSVR too. It's like, well, fuck you guys. Uh, also, you, you, Zangief, even I know his name. You you don't play Street Fighter? I do not. I never got into the Street Fighter scene. Um, okay, well, but that's, that's Journey to Foundation Wait. was the PSVR game that I was kind of intrigued by because I don't know if I got the wrong thing from the trailer, but it seemed like it was from the perspective of what you thought was going to be the good guys, but it actually was like the bad guys. So you're going to be starting out working for the bad mm. guys or something like that, and you could do whatever. You can pick whatever side. I don't know. I might have got something completely different than that trailer. I think it was the music that got me. Uh, so that looked pretty cool. Before Your Eyes looks like it's going to be very emotional, and I'm just... you got to be in a certain mood to play that game. Eventually, whenever I do end up getting a PSVR 2, and probably that game, I will find a time to play it. That looks pretty cool. And uh, Green Hell VR, I think it was... No, Synapse. Synapse uh, looks really damn good to me. Where you're using, like, telekinesis powers and shooting bad guys. That was really cool. Um, for anything else, though, Destiny 2 Lightfall, I talked about this when we were talking about Suicide Squad, right? Like, this is one of those DLC expansions where I'm not going to get it at launch. As soon as it goes on sale, though, definitely going to get it because that's cool as <laughs> shit. I will say that Humanity looks interesting. I was f- it was one of those games that was like, okay, is this going to have some like human, like humanity symbolism or something like really serious? But whenever they started showing like people in like this war battle element and they're fighting with lightsabers, I was like, oh, my dumb brain was like, oh man, that's really cool. I couldn't think about anything like serious or symbolism or anything like that. I was like, oh shit, that's really cool. They're fighting with like lightsabers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just goes to show that we would follow puppies anywhere. That puppy <laughs> is leading everybody to salvation. But what are your thoughts on those games I just mentioned? Uh, any real thoughts on humanity or not humanity yeah, yeah. as a whole? Not get into a deep conversation <laughs> of the game. <laughs> Destiny Two, the PS Plus stuff. Uh, for PS Plus, uh, it's kind of cool that they're, they're, they're coming with Battlefield 2042. You know, that's on Game Pass right now. Uh, I didn't even think about it going to PS Plus. I forget that EA Play is also on PlayStation, so that makes sense. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to Code Vein. Uh, Code Vein, I played when it first released on Game Pass. And then I started doing other stuff. I started reviewing other stuff, and I forgot all about it. And now that it's coming to PlayStation Plus, it reminded me that, yeah, I kind of like that game, so yeah, that's gonna be a game that I'm gonna download on PlayStation Plus because I already have I already have Battlefield 2042 uh, on my Xbox via Game Pass, so there's no need for me to waste extra data from getting it a second time because trust me, it's not that good. Uh, and Humanity looks really cool. At first, I was like, "What is this crap? Is this Katamari Damashi? Uh, is this Lemmings? Like, what, what, what is this? What are we watching?" But as the game went on, I mean, as the trailer went on. And, like, they show some of the more interesting gameplay, like, floating people around to, like, create a ball or create giant statue, golden statues or whatever. I don't know what was going on, but the more I saw of it, I was more like, yeah, you know what? This looks kind of interesting. And I see on our notes, it shows that this game was last seen in 2018. I've never heard of this game until now. 
So I didn't even know that was a thing. It looks like one of those uh, one of those games that you saw on PlayStation Home. For anybody who remember PlayStation Home, it liked those kind of games that would like be experimental and like see how many people would work together to reach a certain goal. Which PlayStation Home had a game like that, but I forgot what it was. Uh, it was it was to help with cancer research, I believe. Uh, but that was a really cool idea. They used the PS3. Uh, as everybody's PS3 connected together online and worked together as like a supercomputer to help crunch data uh, for cancer research, and they made it. They made a bit of a mini game out of it for everybody, and it was really cool. And humanity kind of liked that, uh, but I doubt they're going that route again. But it looks pretty cool. As for the PSVR stuff, like I said, I really it, when I get a PSVR two in about a year or so, then I'll be more excited for the stuff I see. But I'm only envious right now. And unlike you, Taylor, I, uh, I've i fallen out of Destiny. I've never finished Destiny and Destiny 2. I've played both of them. Uh, so I'm like way, way behind. Other than be like, I'm very fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I stopped trying to keep up with the uh, story. Do they even still do the, uh, what are they called, the Blight? Dude, I'm behind on the story too. Every time I get back into Destiny, I have to look up, like, Destiny 2 Story Explained. It's like a two-hour video. Every oh, time, I walk yeah. through it, and I waste <laughs> my time, and I'm like, all right, cool, I get it. And then I play the game, and then I stop playing the game, and then I forget about it, and then all of a sudden, that cycle has to restart again. Um, so, as for the last uh, few games here, the big thing for me was Capcom dropping a new trailer for Resident Evil 4. I thought that was... I thought it was just spectacular. I thought this game looked, it looks great. There's nothing else I can say. Yeah, it looks it looks fun. Uh, I recently I mentioned this on the podcast uh, a couple months ago. I uh, ended up getting Resident Evil Four HD uh, on Steam uh, to prepare myself to remember how great the old game was uh, because the remake is gonna have a lot of tweaks to it uh, from enemy AI. To, uh, to some of the maps, to even the controls. So I'm actually kind of excited for this guy. So I know everybody had that controversy with how bad the rain looked, because, oh my goodness, that rain looked horrible. Oh, yay. A new controversy with water and game. <laughs> Something about gaming hates water. I don't know what it is. I guess they don't drink enough of it or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but no, honestly, it didn't look as bad as the Grand Theft Auto definitive remake remaster thing but it still looked pretty damn bad but other than that i noticed it didn't show it this time around uh but yeah the game looks really good and like if they're gonna do all of this i can't wait for them to do resident evil 5 because honestly five for real i hated resident evil 5 when it came out but after seeing this and resident evil 2 and 3 and what they did and i was like man they would crush it if they remade Resident Evil 5. <laughs> I might actually kind of dig that game after that. I can see everybody hating 6. 6 was kind of the man. No, 6 is horrible. We shouldn't even talk about 6. <laughs> Resident Evil 7 should be Resident Evil 6. And Resident Evil 8 should be Resident Evil 7. We should just forget 6 happened. Yeah, Resident Evil 6 where everybody thought the uh, the symbol on 6 was like a, a zombie giraffe or something. <laughs> Uh, we don't have to talk about the six looking like a giraffe, Michael, but 
we do have to talk about some other things. And before we get into our other stories, I do want to ask anything else you want to talk about from the state of play? Because we're not going back to it. We are done with the state of play. We are just shutting the door. We're going to lock it. And we're going to probably throw the key into a garbage disposal. Sweet. Okay. Well, my last thing is, what was your impression on the whole thing? It was 45 minutes, but the huge chunk of it at the end being dedicated to Kill the Justice League. But uh, overall, you know, we both saw things that we liked and some things we just man about. But what was your overall impression? Uh, Time flew by. This was one of those presentations that was just fun overall just had a good time with it i don't really have any complaints even with the stuff i didn't really mesh with too much i still found enjoyment having watched the event yeah that was uh pretty decent like it's the first of of 2023 so that was all good um i wasn't expecting big news i was just really waiting for kill the justice league to see if they were going to confirm the leaks that we saw beforehand which turned out to be pretty much true yeah um I didn't see and I didn't want the whole online, always online thing being true, but here it is. Uh, but that's what I was excited for. Uh, humanity caught me by surprise. I like some of the stuff we saw for PlayStation Plus. And Street Fighter Six still looks pretty cool. They brought back a whole lot of, uh, of old favorites. So we're getting 18 characters at launch, which I think is a really good number to... Uh, to, to launch with. So 18 characters at launch plus, you know, the DLC is going to have a bunch more coming in. So I'm looking forward to Street Fighter 6. I'm not good at the game. I'm, I wasn't good at any of the Street Fighter games, but they're always fun to me. So I'm actually looking forward to Street Fighter 6 in three years when they have the Street Fighter 6 plus DLC bundles. That's when I'll get it. So when they fix all the bugs and you know there's going to be a Super Street Fighter 6 and Super Street Fighter 6 Ultra. Those are the ones I'm going to get. So I'll see you all on Street Fighter 6 in like four years. I'm going to keep this in, but Michael, you don't have a hard out, do you? Because you're going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania tonight. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we have plenty of time. Okay, um, I just, yeah. trust me, this I have a feeling this podcast is going, going to go pretty long. So I <laughs> uh, just wanted to throw that out there. I'm keeping this in. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to our other stories of the week, including Mortal Kombat 12 is releasing this year. It seems like just after the state of play was over, details of WB Discovery's latest earnings call got revealed. In this earnings call, WB Discovery Executive Vice President of Global Investor Strategy, Andrew Slavin, had this to say, quote, and there's lots more to come, including the highly anticipated Mortal Kombat 12 and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Games also set for release this year with ambitious launch projections, end quote. Now, this is kind of breaking news at the time of this recording here. Man, I am not that surprised that Mortal Kombat 12 is the next thing NetherRealm is making, but I am very surprised to potentially hear that the game's coming out in 2023. What are your thoughts? And damn, WB really despoiled their own game's announcement. Yeah, um, I don't, man, MK12 coming out this year? I'm not really sure if that's what you want to do. You know, I think maybe they're trying to set things up for Evo. Man, I yeah, that, that caught me by surprise. I don't know, I mean, look. Ed Boon has been on Twitter teasing that they're working on something new. Like, we all knew it was Mortal Kombat, but, like, 
he was teasing that they were working on something new and that was in the pipeline. So we knew they were working on something. But for MK12 to be announced for this year, first off, it's February. So I'm guessing a summer of this year is going to be a hit time for them. Maybe they'll make a full announcement at E3. I would assume that the OG plan was to announce it sometime in the summer. And we would get the crazy reveal that's coming out in 2023. You look at the year WB's had with Hogwarts Legacy and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. And then you end it with Mortal Kombat. And you can probably go into 2024 just being like, look how much money we made off of games. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. It's going to be packed year for fighting games. Yeah, yeah, not well, only Street not Fighter, only, which not, Oh, not only Street Fighter, but Tekken 8. Tekken 8 is supposed to come out this year. And everybody's gonna be battling for Evo time, which Mortal Kombat is big at Evo, so I don't think they have a I don't think they have to worry too much about that. Uh but yeah, you got Mortal Kombat 12, you got Tekken 8, you got Street Fighter 6. The only thing you don't have to worry about is uh Marvel versus Marvel versus Capcom or a Dead or Alive game. So, you know, at least you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's so, that's what I was saying. Like, it's kind of strange for them to announce it now or to kind of announce it now and to have it come out this year already. It's like, man, you already got two competitors. You can take over 2024 by being the new one, uh, out the gate, the new, the new, uh, Mortal Kombat fighting game. But instead they're really going to squish themselves with Tekken and Street Fighter. Like, man, that's. Uh, hey, that's some confidence they got in that series. Things can always get delayed, though, as well. So They do. Either way, this is just, to me, even if it doesn't come out in 2023, this is also just confirmation for something a lot of people already figured to begin with. Like, okay, Mortal Kombat 12 is the next thing. We kind of thought that, but it's great to know. Um, so... Cool that Mortal Kombat 12 appears to be the next game in Nether Realm's portfolio. Cannot wait to see what they end up doing with that game. I very much enjoyed Mortal Kombat 11. I did enjoy Mortal Kombat 9 and 10 more though, so hopefully 12 will have some cool stuff in store. But let's talk about our next story. As we've stated before on this podcast, we don't really want to talk about every piece of news about the potential approval or rejection of the Xbox and Activision Blizzard deal because we would probably be talking about this topic every single week. But there have been some notable updates this past past week worth mentioning. First up, Microsoft and Nintendo have agreed to a deal that would bring Call of Duty to Nintendo's platforms for the next 10 years. Microsoft also agreed to bring Call of Duty to NVIDIA's GeForce Now streaming service. Sony, on the other hand, has yet to agree to any deal and has been adamantly against the proposed acquisition. Furthermore, GamesIndustry.biz reports that, quote, persons familiar with the situation told GamesIndustry.biz that a deal is not close, end quote. There has been a lot of bad blood between the two console juggernauts, and it seems that it's not going to change anytime soon. Michael, what do you make of Call of Duty heading to these platforms for years to come, and what do you make of the Sony aspect in all this? Keep in mind, Microsoft President Brad Smith told CNBC that the current deal with Sony over Call of Duty ends after Call of Duty 2024. 
You know, I think this is why uh, a, a week or so ago we talked about that Call of Duty was supposed to take uh, the year off, like 2023 off. Um, and, and I think this kind of puts out why Call of Duty is kind of being forced to bring something out or they decide to bring something out this year. Uh, was maybe it has something to do with the Sony contract. Maybe it was like uh, not even X-Men games, but X-Men years. And with these uh, acquisition happening, maybe they want to put something out to try and push out on other platforms or to uh or or to quickly finish up contractual uh, obligations with Sony. Uh so maybe that's one of the uh one of the things that they're doing. But for me, I always called this out. I've always said that it only made sense for Microsoft to have Call of Duty out on other platforms cuz this is a huge accusation. Uh, um yeah, acquisition. This is what was it? 70 It's billion? also a huge accusation. For Sony to go, they're just gonna put <laughs> for Sony, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a big requirement uh, for Microsoft, so they need to make that money back pretty much as soon as possible. And one of the ways to do that is to have it on more than just two or three platforms. Uh, putting it on a cloud service would help uh, because, again, for a lot, well, not again, but you know, uh, for a lot of these publishers like Microsoft and Sony. They make money off of the licenses, off of the software. So whatever deal, uh, monetary deal, uh, Xbox made with Nvidia, you know that helps pay back some of the uh, money they spent, the bills they spent to get this uh, deal going. Whatever they have with Nintendo, that's gonna help sell um, because you know how, I think the last game to come out on a Nintendo platform was uh, Black Ops One. I thought it was World at War, but <laughs> oh, was it? I don't know. It's one of the two. I would say. I, I think know. we're close. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Uh, all I know is none of them has come to the Switch. Um, and so it would be kind of interesting to see these games. Everybody's already making fun of like the Switch won't be able to run these things. But you got to remember, um, Kingdom Hearts came to the Switch via the cloud. And I'm pretty, and I'm guessing that's kind of like the same thing they'll probably do with Call of Duty. Oh, we're gonna have to do something streaming. They're going to have to. Yeah, but then again, hey, uh, Doom and Doom Eternal, they got that working on the Switch, uh, thanks to a, a studio that does wonders with uh, the Switch. They're they're used to porting games over, and you know, so they've worked with Bethesda before. They, I mean, well, it they worked with it software before. So if Microsoft gets this uh, acquisition uh, going in, they can hire the same team that's already worked with id software that's taken id tech and ported it over to the Switch. They can get they can get them to work on a Call of Duty game to run on the Switch. So it's not impossible. I know it sounds funny, but it's not impossible. Uh, so Microsoft making these 10-year deals, I think it's a smart move to make, not only to convince the FTC and the EU's uh, equivalent, I forget what they were called. Um, I think the EU consumer, I, I forget. Uh, but not only to convince them that, hey, we are trying to do more with these platforms, but also it also helps with uh, Microsoft being able to make back those billions and billions of dollars that they're sinking into this uh, acquisition. I've always called out that they were going to do these kind of things to make that money back. And I think this is the only smart way to do it. So I'm all for it. I just want, I just want more Spyro, man. Can we get a new Spyro game going? Like, 
I would be happy with that. So I've said it before, if I was in Sony's position, I would probably be doing the same thing. Oh yeah, I'll try to block this as much as I can. Yeah, as much as you can. I think to an extent, I would say. Because the deal that it appears that that was sent to them, I I would assume it would be similar to the Nintendo and NVIDIA deal 10 years. And they have not accepted a deal, or they're not close either, reportedly. I think at that point you're just trying to go, but what after those 10 years? And on one hand, I get, after those 10 years, what happens when Xbox finally pull it and say it's ours, we've made all the money we can, and it's now our game going to be only on Xbox. But part of me is also like, who gives a shit? It's all 10 years from now. So much can change about the gaming industry in 10 years. Like, I don't know. Like, part of me, I get it, and part of me goes, who gives a shit? It's 10 years from now. Take that deal. So that's where I'm at with that. When it comes to people going like, oh, yeah, this is probably not going to happen, or this is going to happen. If this deal gets accepted, I think we have Call of Duty on all platforms going forward. I think... I don't want to say I think. I hope that this will lead to better things for Activision Blizzard, who have had a lot of alleged problems at the studio that we have talked about on the show for years now. But if it doesn't go through, here's my question to you, Michael. What happens with Xbox? Because they wanted to spend, and they may spend, nearly $70 billion. I have a feeling if this deal doesn't go through, what they're going to do is go, cool, we're going to take that money and we're going to go buy something else. So I don't think we're getting, even if this deal gets, if it falls through, I don't think this is just going to be a thing where Xbox is like, well, that didn't work. We're just going to go back to doing what we're doing. No, I have a feeling Xbox is going to be going, all right, let's take a look at Ubisoft and CD Projekt Red and all these other studios and see if we can acquire them instead. I think Microsoft will... Uh, do what so many other places are doing, like Epic and Tencent. I think you we will see them slowly buy up Activision Blizzard King. You know they're gonna start uh, buying in stakes into the companies first, and who knows, maybe slowly acquiring them until the point to where it was like, hey, we control, we control enough of it to where this whole Sony dominance with Call of Duty, we don't have to worry about that anymore because like we're we have so much control in this company now. That we can say that, hey, we don't want this to happen or, hey, uh, focus on the Xbox platform. So if this doesn't go through, I I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I think Microsoft is just going to start slowly buying Activision Blizzard King. And that's going <laughs> that's really going to piss Sony off because then because then you're going to see Sony will probably try to go in and buy pieces of the company, too. So this is going to be a bidding war for who can buy the most uh, section of Activision Blizzard King. Yeah, it really feels from the outside looking in that this deal and everything that's come out of it has just eroded uh, Xbox and PlayStation's relationship. Oh, even worse, uh, PlayStation's and Activision Blizzard King's deal, because uh, uh, supposedly, according to Activision Blizzard King's, uh, I don't know if it's the president, CEO, somebody, um, apparently Sony has not spoken to them. I guess they're cutting, not cutting ties, but like, while this whole thing is going on. Oh, I get that. That <laughs> I get that. They want the deal to go through. <laughs> well, I'm talking about Sony. Sony stopped talking to uh Oh, Activision okay. I, I thought it was the other way around. 
Uh, no, Activision. Uh, play, they're they're saying that uh, Sony won't talk to them about it because I guess they don't want. I guess Sony doesn't want to hear their side of things of why they want to sell to uh, Microsoft. It's like, no, we don't want to hear that. Like, you, we're going to do our thing. We're going to ensure that you don't become an Xbox studio. So yeah, if, if this doesn't go through, I kind of wonder how's this going to affect the relationship between PlayStation and Call of Duty, because so far with this deal that place that Sony has. Uh, you've noticed that they put a lot more focus on the PlayStation platform with their games than they do with uh, PC and Xbox. So who knows how that will affect their relationship going forward. Well, from one Xbox-related news story to another, as first reported by True Achievements, Tango Gameworks founder Shinji Mikami is leaving the studio in the coming months. After the True Achievements report, Bethesda officially announced the news by saying this statement on Twitter. Quote, we can confirm that Shinji Mikami has decided to leave Tango Gameworks in the coming months. We thank him for his work as a creative leader and supportive mentor to young developers on the Evil Within franchise, Ghostwire Tokyo, and of course, Hi-Fi Rush. We wish Mikami-san well in the future and are excited about what lies ahead for the talented developers at Tango, end quote. Michael, what are your thoughts on Mikami leaving Tango Gameworks? To be honest, I, I just recently got into Tango Works stuff. Um, I didn't really play, um, what, what was the game he worked on? Um, Evil Within. Uh, Evil Within. Yeah, Evil Within, Evil Within 2. Because, again, for anybody who hasn't listened to this podcast before, I'm a little bitch when it comes to horror games. Um, I'm not very good at them. I scare easily. So, you know, I didn't really play any of his stuff. I wanted to play Ghostwire Tokyo. But, again, I'm not paying $70 for a game. And, you know, uh, I, never, I never got a chance to come around to it. But it looked interesting. And I wanted to work on that. I mean, I mean, well, when I said work, I like I wanted to like play it and probably review it and stuff. But uh, yeah, I know about this guy having a very luxurious career, and man, it's much needed rest, uh, well deserved. Um, I know a lot of people are saddened that he's retiring because they want Evil Within three. <laughs> so you know, it, you know, you're great at your job when people are sad that you're leaving because hey, we want we want one more out of you, and then you know after that it's gonna be one more and one more. So, like, man, good luck to you in your retirement. Well-deserved. Uh, I'm glad he got to go out on a high uh, on a high note instead of just, like, getting burned out to the point where he got depressed about it. So, hey, good luck to you in the future. And who knows, maybe he'll do small projects, you know, in his free time. Yeah, it sucks to see him leave Tango Gameworks. But, yeah, I, I think the resume for Mikami speaks for itself. And uh, we'll see what happens next with Tango, because they're just coming off of Hi-Fi Rush, which was one hell of a game. And I think a lot of people were just so surprised by that, not only the announcement, but then realizing, oh shit, this game is actually really good. So let's see what happens with the studio, and hopefully Mikami does great in the future with whatever he decides to do. But moving on to our next game. Madden NFL 24 is reportedly a make-or-break year for the franchise. Insider Gaming is reporting that Madden NFL 24 is 
as I just said, a make-or-break game for the franchise. Here's an excerpt from the Insider Gaming Report. Quote, EA has plans for Madden 24, and the management of the game knows how big of a year it is, not just for the game, but for their future in their positions, end quote. Madden NFL 23 has had some massive issues since launch, most notably the connected franchise bug that caused a lot of people to lose their online saves. The gaming franchise as a whole has been heavily criticized in the past, not just by us, for its lack of content, innovation, glitches, and over-reliance on monetized modes such as Ultimate Team. Here's one more excerpt from the Insider Gaming Report, and I find this to be the most interesting part of the whole report. Here it is, quote, Another source says that the game's sales ultimately won't matter as much for Madden 24. If the game releases and suffers similar issues to Madden 23, it's going to lead to a lot of change among the game's leadership. The negative response to the game, which management believes is just completely justified by this franchise corruption issues, has forced many inside EA to Bergen, I don't think that's how you pronounce that, I'm so sorry, to have a now-or-never mentality surrounding the franchise, end quote. Michael, this makes me happy because it seems like we're either getting A, a good Madden game for the first time in ages, or B, a huge overhaul in how this franchise is ran. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you and I uh, had to somewhat review Madden 23. (laughs) Um, So that's unfortunate that we had to do that because you and I were kind of looking forward to it. When we were told that, hey, uh, do you guys want to talk about Mad 23? We'll get it for you guys. We're like, oh, cool. That's that's kind of awesome. Um, it goes to show why we wouldn't buy it ourselves. Uh, so to hear them finally say once again that next year is going to be different, next year we're going to try, uh, I didn't really believe them. I was like, yeah, well, you guys are always talking about how you're going to do it different, how next year is going to be the year and yada, yada, yada. Uh, But to hear them actually say that, you know, the reason for it being is because leadership. All right. We admit it. It's it's, it's going from the top. It's leadership. It's not just the contracts or whatever. It's it's the leadership. So we're going to change up the leadership. Uh, We're going to change how things are done. We're finally going to focus on franchise mode. And it makes you wonder. This isn't something they just came up with. So when did they actually decide this? Was this before Madden 23? Because Madden 21 and 22, they also had their problems. You know, they, they had their share of bugs. Um, is it because they were experimenting with things with their whole next-gen nonsense that only came out on the PS5 and Xbox Series X? Uh, it didn't come up to the PC for some reason. Was it because they actually paid attention to 23 and was like, okay, Seriously, I'm done. I'm done as the producer. I'm done as the lead. Uh, somebody else got to take over. Like, at what point did they sit? Did they sit down and say, "This is this is going to be our change"? Um, because it you don't just make that change in one year. You know, that's got to be something that takes two, three, four, five years. Uh, so, like, at what point did they say that this is when we're going to make those changes? Because uh, if they did say that they're going to make those changes around Madden 21 then yes, I would believe that Mad 24 could make a huge difference. Uh, but the point that they're just now saying it, I am kind of wondering, like, when did this come down from above? You know, like, when did they decide that this was going to be the change that we need? Because it couldn't have just been 23. 
it's probably a compounding effect of all the horrible reviews and everybody saying right, the same. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering. Year. Like, like when, like when did EA decide that this was the change they need to make? Because that would depend on like if okay, really. Wants I, I get what you're saying. Because, like, so you're yeah, saying yeah. okay, if the saving issues was the straw that broke the camel's back, what is all the other things that led you to that straw? Yeah, because it, 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 you're not telling me that okay. what everything that went wrong with 23 was the big reason. I, I refuse to believe that's what finally made EA think, oh, we need to change things up. I refuse to believe it was just Mad 23. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I would have to assume that it's just the past, what, five, ten years of Madden. And I'm probably being very generous and just saying the past five to ten years <laughs> of Madden just being that accumulative thing to where... Then we get to Madden 23 and just how much of a flop of a game that is. That's probably what really did it, plus the online saves and just the surplus of issues. I do want to mention before we talk about Madden 24, you know who owns Insider Gaming? Uh, I know who. Insider Tom Henderson, who we've talked about plenty of times on this very show, so that's really cool. Okay, well then, yeah, I, I really do believe that they're going to try and change things up. <laughs> so that it's a lot of credibility. It right does. Off the bat. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you there. I think it uh, gives Insider Gaming instant credibility to me because we talked about Tom Henderson's reports many times in the past. I just wanted to throw that out there uh, because I just figured that out like last week. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. But yeah, Madden 24, I'm curious to see what exactly they're going to do. It's going to partially, if Madden 24 ends up being good, and they make a lot of big changes. I'm partially going to be pissed off about it. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? Because that tells me that they could have done this all along. I mean, you know, better now than never, right? I don't necessarily think that's a valid excuse <laughs> for this franchise. I don't know no, what yeah, the problem no, I is. I, I think I said this in our deep dive discussion. I don't know what the problem is. At this point, I don't care. I just, I'm just so apathetic to this franchise right now. I used to love it. This is the thing that got me to love football. I This is how I learned the rules of football. This is how I learned the players and got into the game. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Do you think we can um, get the nurse dash to, to let us do 24? I don't know if I want to. <laughs> you might have to find another <laughs> for that one, Michael. But uh, I, again, kind of what I put in the blurb here. I think this is good in the long haul because you're either going to get a good Madden NFL 24, you're going to get a good Madden game, or you're going to get real change. Yeah, I want to bring my brothers on here because both of my brothers, they're uh, they're big Madden fans, much bigger than me. And uh, I don't, I wouldn't say that they trust EA, but I would like to see what they think about uh, these supposed changes that they say they're going to make. You gotta assume it's huge franchise overhauls. You gotta assume it's like gameplay overall overhauls and just stuff like coaching to where you have offense and defense coordinators in the game, to where you have a training camp, to where the jerseys other than the QB jersey, you have the jerseys and shorts to where they're not out there in full pads into practice. Maybe some mini games that are actually fun to play. Bring back the yard, but actually do something interesting. Make it more like the Pro Bowl. Mm. 
I, I see what you mean there. So no fucking helmets and pads. <laughs> so what I'm, what you're kind of pitching here is NFL Street, which I'm 100% in for. Okay, no, you you're thinking that. <laughs> I'm thinking like you said the mini games, you know, like like uh like uh being able to kick the furthest or you know QB accuracy throwing like uh like they used to do back in the day when they had the uh they used to have uh, a draft or not a draft radio but like a franchise radio. Or where they'd have a host talking yeah. about stuff going on, and they'd yeah. have like people call in, not like real people, of course. No, 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 yeah, and that, and that stuff was always kind of fun because it was like a it was esports EA Sports Radio or something like yeah. that, and they got a real broadcaster to do it, and it was like it was really cool because it made it feel a little more real, and they would have guests on their shows, and their guests would talk about like real world football players. It's like okay, that's really cool. And it went along with the season. Uh, so that was also kind of cool. Like, so anybody got injured, they were talking about the injuries. Now they just have it to where they kind of have, like, it's social media. And people would tweet about the games that just happened, which is kind of a lazy way of doing things. It's always the most generic tweets. To... <laughs> yeah, it was. it's, it's super lazy. Uh, but, yeah, this, this overhaul, I really do hope they bring back some of the cool stuff. Bring back. I don't know, EA Sports, uh, they had, like, their own ESPN kind of thing going on uh, to where they had, like, a live show where they brought in real broadcasters, uh, real TV personalities, and they had, like, their own EA Sports, ESPN-like channel to where they talked about the games and they showed the highlights. Like, that kind of stuff was kind of cool, and that's the kind of stuff that this man is sorely missing. Bring back halftime shows. The Senior right? Bowl. Where you can play with the draft prospects that are going to be coming out of the draft and be like, oh man, this running back is really fast. I'm going to make sure to draft him. Okay, he's supposed to be a fourth round pick. I'm definitely going to draft him in the third and make sure I get him. Something like that. Or even stuff like, um, trying to think of the other hat off the top of my head, but now I forgot about it. There's so many things that are in older Maddens that they can just put into Madden 24 or a future Madden. And make the gameplay experience so much better. Contracts. They could do so much more with contracts than what are they doing right now. Like even though what they did in 23 was fine. It actually is an improvement. And we talked about it. We, we talked about it in that deep dive. But I feel like it would still be improved upon. They addressed free agency last year. Which I thought was nice. But there's so much more you could be doing. With the draft. With the just presentation of everything. You talked about a halftime show. That definitely could be something you really do and make it worthwhile to see. You could do stuff like the intro and the outro to the games. I feel like they've been the same for fucking five to seven years. Yeah. Also, when it comes to Super Bowl time, please make it a spectacle. Okay? Like, like, come on. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like a big like deal. No, it feels like any other game that you were playing. Like, come on, make make the make the Super Bowl feel like a big deal, please. Like, <laughs> man, that's so disappointing to see. It's like, welcome to the Super Bowl, and then you just play it. It's like, God, no presentation, no flair to it. As we get to the Super Bowl, not only should the announcers feel like the moment's getting bigger and that this is the biggest event of the year in sports that we're getting to it, and we're getting to the most important game. But the gameplay should also feel like that. The presentation should feel like that. The players on the field, the way that they are reacting, should feel like that. 
Oh man, the animation on players' reaction is is is, is just getting so. So for someone for, for every time they say we have hundreds of new animations, you reminded like, me when you said the players' reactions. I was like, has Stefan Diggs when the Bills lose in the playoffs to stare out at the team that beat them? <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody has the same sad "I lost" animation going on. Yeah, was, uh, during the oh, Super Bowl, man. it's just yeah. Like some players, they they just react differently to situations. I would like to see a more personalized kind of thing. I I want to say that's partially the NFL fault because they do want their games to look super professional and blah blah blah, rather than like having it seem like their players are real and like they showed actual emotions, like. If I get a flag that I don't believe in, I want to see the player throw up their hands and like try to argue with the ref. I want to see coaches get mad on the sideline. Like I want to see coaches an do actual get mad, but not game. to the extent that you're talking about. Like I have. No, seen I'm not talking about like. Coaches th- I'm not talking about. Yeah, I'm not talking about throwing stuff and whatnot. But like actually show some reaction. Like like show some emotion. Like some coaches are just like super emotional about about the game, and like oh man uh uh uh. Bill Belichick, and some aren't. great example. Yeah, and some aren't. But Bill Belichick, great example. When 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 he gets riled up, it is amazing. I'm not saying he has to go wild with it, but like show some kind of reaction. Show players like not throw the tablet because I know the NFL hates that. Uh, but show them when they took off their helmets that they look mad or that you know they're upset about the play that they just messed up or something. Like show some freaking emotions, please. That's what I want in the next gen. That's what I want in the next gen Madden game. If anything else, show some daggone emotions. Make it look like make it look like the game. Could not agree anymore. So let's go ahead and move on to our final story of the week. Konami is reportedly set to have a pretty big E3. Our second favorite gaming news outlet, outside of the nerdsash.com, of course, has apparently launched a podcast of their own, Michael. Oh, on the no. VGC podcast, VGC owner and editor Andy Robinson talked about some some Konami rumors and said that Konami is planning a pretty big E3. Here's what he had to say. Quote, there's a new Castlevania in addition to the Dead Cells DLC they announced at the Game Awards. And there's this much-discussed Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, which I also expect them to finally show. End quote. Robinson also talked about Ubisoft CEO Ease Guillermo recent comments saying that they would be part of E3, quote, if it happens, end quote. Basically, Robinson said that those comments confused a lot of people because E3 is happening this year, and it was just weird that Guillermo phrased it that way. So this is really two stories into one, Michael. Despite the uh, memorials dedicated to E3's de- demise, it does seem that the expo is somehow still alive. It's probably on life support, though. I'll say that. Uh, but more <laughs> interestingly, we may be getting some more content from Konami at E3 2023. The studio made their first big move in a long, long time when they dropped all of that Silent Hill franchise news. Are you surprised to hear Konami potentially doing more Castlevania or Metal Gear Solid game remakes or games themselves? No, because uh, that Konami, uh, I'm just, that Konami, that Castlevania uh, animated show did wonders. So I think uh, it proved to Konami that people were still interested in Castlevania, not just NFTs. Um, I think that really helped spur them to like, okay, we can actually like 
get people interested in a new game. Um, as for Metal Gear, that's their bread and butter, to be honest. And, you know, with, with them seeing how well Capcom is doing with their remakes and how EA is doing well with their remake of Dead Space, uh, it makes sense that they want to get in on that because nostalgia is key, right? That's the big marketing thing for the past, what, five years, uh, nostalgia. Uh, and they got they have the franchises for that. So it makes sense that they would want to capitalize on what's trending right now because you know, we all know they are not making any new games. So I'm not surprised by this. What I am surprised about is that Konami uh, decided to do E3 and not just like Konami Direct or something, you know, something they can truly control. So uh, that part I'm kind of surprised about. I didn't think they were going to really show much at E3. Yeah, I'm not too surprised by this either. This is something that's been rumored for years now. Both the Castlevania and the Metal Gear Solid stuff, I believe. Especially the Metal Gear Solid stuff. I remember saying stuff about that years ago. Uh, So, not too surprising. Not too surprising to hear that E3 is not dead. Uh, I was very confused by Eve's Guillemot last week. (laughs) Apparently saying like that. Yeah, we'll be there if it happens. So that's weird to throw in there. I don't think anybody thought it was not going to happen. Is it not going to happen? So it seems like now nah, E3 2023 is still going ahead. So Eve's just decided to say, fuck it. I'm just going to throw a wrench in the whole gaming industry. But I'm not too surprised. I cannot wait to see when or if Konami ends up revealing this because I am down for some Metal Gear. Cannot wait to see what's next for the franchise. Hopefully it is a remake on the level of what Capcom has been doing with Resident Evil. And what appears to be what Konami's doing with Silent Hill 2. So hopefully they're putting the same effort and care into making those Metal Gear Solid remakes. More, It seems like Metal Gear Solid 3, based on what Andy Robinson said, was the main thing they're going to be working on. And they might just see how that works. So that makes a lot of sense. I wish they would start Twin Snakes, though. But uh, <laughs> I like Twin Snakes more. Don't worry, you're going to get the uh, Metal Gear Anthology collection. That'll be the next be like thing. A... Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. But either way, Metal Gear Solid 3 is great. Can't hate on Metal Gear Solid 3. Can't, can't hate on the Snake Eater. But let's go ahead and get out of here. Let's talk about what we're playing. Michael, be really quick about it because this has been a long podcast. What's your plan? Uh, I am actually playing Atomic Heart. Oh my goodness, it is such a good game. Uh, I, have you tried it yet? I have not. It's a good game. I'm, I'm playing it on uh on Twitch, but yeah, I've been playing Atomic Heart. Oh man, I love that game. Uh, su- such a good game. But yeah, that's what I'm playing. What about what what, what about you, man? What, what what have you been playing? Inspired by our conversation a few weeks ago about the Legend of Zelda timeline, I went back and started playing Breath of the Wild again. Oh, wow. How's that been going for you? You discovering anything anything new? I'm surprised anybody's beaten this game. It's so massive. Well, you can't. Well, it, it, it is set up to where you can just wake up and go straight, straight to the you bottom. You can, but at the stick. same time, like, there's so much to do, and you can get distracted. Like, to use this analogy here, how I am in this game is like the dog that's like so focused on one thing, and then they see a squirrel, and they're just like, squirrel! And then they go <laughs> chase a squirrel, and then they come back, and they're like, all right, what was I doing? And it just keeps happening. They keep seeing that squirrel. That's me with Breath of the Wild. It's like, okay, I'm going to go do this quest. Oh, shit, there's this mountain I can climb. I'm going to see what's up there. Oh, I'm going to try to go get this tower, because I see it's nearby. And then the Sheikah slate starts ringing, which is fucking annoying. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm trying to have fun here. 
So, but it's been really fun though, man. This game is so fucking good. But uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm waiting on the sequel until they announce there's gonna be seventy bucks. I was like, yeah, no, screw that. Let's talk about what we're working on. Where can people find us, Michael? What you're working on? Where can people find you? Oh man, as for me, I am working on a couple other reviews. Uh, I got an interview for a product called the Center Cam coming up um that you can find on my twitter account which is at m underscore m-o-s-l-e-y underscore j-r you can find a waiter on the fox hoodie congratulations you're in the right place and as i mentioned before i was also streaming atomic heart on my twitch which you can find at twitch.tv slash fox daddy that's f-0-x-d-a-d-d-y and about you taylor where what are you working on and where can we find you well michael i'm going to steal the hosting chair from you here because this is usually where i give it back over to you and you do the outro and all the great work you do uh, as the host, but I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to give us our outro here today. I just got fired. You didn't get fired. You'll be back next week <laughs> as the host and the week after that and then many weeks after that because you're a fantastic host. But as for where you can find me, you can find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this episode. Chat with us about any of the stories we talked about today, your favorite thing from the state of play, are you excited for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League? Or are you put off by it, whether that be from the gameplay footage that showed or the always online thing? Um, what are your thoughts on what's going on with Microsoft Activision Blizzard and Sony and that whole deal? And any, again, any of the other stories we talked about today or anything geek-related, we'd love to chat with you. Also, consider leaving us a rating. It would be tremendous. You don't have to, but it would be tremendous if it was a positive rating. I want to thank Michael for joining me. I want to thank anyone for listening in. We'll be back next week with some more gaming news.